Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele, and this is the place where I speak about everything from personal growth, social justice, queer issues, and how to ADD, how to add to your life. Assess, dream, and design your life to live out the best of who you are and accomplish your goals and dreams. So today's episode is like a origin story and a teaching, thinking, kind of meditative exploration. And I say origin story because this was the one of the first posts I wrote for a publication I started on Medium pretty much a year ago called Think, which evolved into Think Queerly, but started out as being spelt T-H-I-N-K, and the ink is capitalized, capital I-N-K, because for me, my thing (laughs) is personal growth and writing and social justice and queer LGBTQ issues. So writing for me is a a very important and essential method of self-exploration. And I get my thoughts down on paper in many different ways. And I've spoken about this in another episode, um, How Journaling Helps You Create What You Want in Life, episode 23. But I believe, and the research substantiates, that writing by hand has such a more powerful connectivity with our thoughts, the, the physical act of writing, how it connects with our brain, and a, a truth that comes out in writing by hand, at least for my experience, is incredibly different than simply uh, recording something in dictation form or using my iPhone to do speech directly into text. It has an impact that has a greater resonance. When I write by hand, it is almost impressed upon me when I read it again, much more so than if I read something in my online journal where I've dictated my my words to text. So today's episode is called Think Outside the Box to Improve Your Life. This is something I was playing with for some time, this idea of we box ourselves in, we all box ourselves in, and the status quo is a kind of a box, you know, with four sides, a top and a bottom. And how do you push through that. And no matter how much we try, we all box ourselves into different ways of living. It's the question of how rigid are those walls around us. But you break out of the box or your limitations by thinking differently. And that starts with how you analyze and assess your thoughts Because it's not about being mindful. It's about improving your mindset. And yes, this is a play on words, but it's intentional. Because if your mind is full, mindful, there's no room for new thoughts. But how your mind is set is like a table set for dinner. Are there two people? Are there four people? Are you using the good china or are you using a mixed bunch of plates and forks and knives and spoons, and it's all kind of crazy and different every single time. How do you adjust the furniture in your mind to create a new mindset? 
So when you reorganize and improve your sets of thoughts, your behaviors, and your beliefs, you will improve the quality of your mind. You'll improve the quality of your thinking. You'll improve the way in which you look at the world. But you just can't think about these things in your head because we go in circles, and I don't know if this is correct, but I've had it in my head for so long, case in point, that we can think at seven times the speed than we can write. So we can so easily lose a train of thought because we can have layers of thoughts as we're thinking in our consciousness, and it becomes very difficult to stay on track. And yes, writing is almost a form of being within a rigid template, following, following a linearity of going from the left-hand side to the right-hand side of the page if you're at least writing in North America, right? If you want to change any part of who you are, write for posterity. Write as a document of where you are now. And then commit to starting a new story, a new narrative of how you want your life to be. And that doesn't mean that you create a fiction and mm, things that you are going to play out in a way that isn't real. I mean, write for posterity to have a record of where you are now so that Every few months, perhaps, you can look back and see what you've changed and how you've grown. And in this way, you can analyze your thoughts. You can notice how you think. And more importantly, you can start to notice how you react to certain situations. Now, we can act, which is a choice, but react comes from the, pro the more ancient, the primal parts of the brains. We want to learn how to better observe our own behavior without ego or attachment or opinion. And that is a very difficult to thing to do, right? Because even when we analyze our own behaviors, we are probably, even on a subconscious level, I'm thinking about writing things that I've done, we are always seeking to justify that what we did was good and right. But how can you step back from something you've done that maybe you don't believe was a good thing or you acted in a way that you aren't proud of? And how can you really look at that without ego and without judgment and without guilt or without shame about what you did, but just really look at it objectively? And this is what I said a moment ago about notice how you react in certain situations because you might be reacting from older ancient brain response that's creating an outcome that you don't want. You see, we have to first decide how we want to feel. That's a conscious choice. Do we want to feel bad? Do we want to feel good? Do we want to feel happy? Do we want to feel sad? If we are in a negative state, can we choose to take action so that we can affect that emotional state and change it to improve our state? Yes, we can. And it may be difficult if it's not something you're used to, 
but it is something you can learn and you can Google for that information. But just as a very quick example, one of the easiest ways to change your state is to move, is to physically move. Because for us to feel emotion, we have to move. We have to emote, which is a a form of movement. So if you're feeling down and depressed and sad, you're probably sitting and slouched over or laying down. But if you get up and you jump up and down and do jumping jacks or you go out for a run or you go for a brisk walk or expose yourself to cold air, that's a shock to the system that changes your physical and emotional and physiological state. And you will start to feel differently, may not be the intended emotion you wish, but it will allow you to start to feel differently. Now, the better and more like alive and vibrant the feelings that you can have for yourself, the more powerful your emotional response. Not reaction, but emotional response. And when you're in that state, that creates the potential for proaction, a proactive emotional response. So pro in the sense of positive and choosing the way in which you're going to respond. And that choice, those actions serve your highest and greatest potential of who you want to be and how you want to have an impact and better serve those people around you. Now, going back to what I was talking about with respect to reacting, I've written about this elsewhere, the the neuroscience of the brain. We've got the three parts, reptilian, mammalian, and prefrontal cortex. And while it's not perfect, the the research seems to suggest that we're we're actually only are responsible for about maybe 18% of our conscious choices, and the rest is habitual. Our ancient brain, our most ancient brain, the reptilian brain, seeks the fight-or-flight response to protect us from something that's unsafe, right down to smelling food or tasting food. When it tastes off or it smells bad, we won't put it in our mouths because our reptilian brain says, whoa, hold on, that might not be good for you. Our mammalian brain is things like social toll, comfort, familial comfort, things that maybe were taught to you as a child or adolescent when Maybe a parent or someone else tried to comfort you, and it could have been, my favorite example, they could have comforted you with food that made you feel better. And whenever you eat that food, it makes you feel good. And the negative side of that is that when you don't feel good, you reach for that food. Or it's a behavior, a way in which you react and you think to yourself, why? Why do I act this way? That's the noticing part. That's the important part of writing things down by hand. Who do you want to be? How do you want to reframe your life? How do you want to think outside the box to improve your life? We have to start by opening the flaps of your life and digging deeper into the past of your life into sort of those mammalian brain patterns, those habits, those customs that have been ingrained in you. And then you start to notice I always get upset or feel this negative thought when this happens. That's the first clue. When you start to notice that, when you start to see that these are unconscious actions uh, that create behaviors that serve to protect you, to comfort you and keep you safe, that's a fantastic awareness because you can decide then, ah, is this habit 
serving me now. It did in the past. But is it serving me now? And that's the moment we can change. And change and personal evolution start with the noticing. And the noticing allows you to be proactive, not just with an emotional response, but proactive in a sort of very engaged and planning sort of way. So if there is something, and I like to, the food example is the simplest thing. If you can be triggered by a certain emotion that makes you uncomfortable uncomfort, or you're triggered by a situation that makes you uncomfortable and somehow there's a, a food response. If you, for example, always had that food at home, then it's available. So if you remove that offending item, so to speak, that gives you that comfort in response to that unconscious pattern that's that was bred into you and, and, and triggered over time, then you might take the action to go get that thing, but it's not there. And because you don't have that immediate satisfaction met, you may go still seek it out and leave the house and go find that thing that fulfills that deep mammalian need for comfort, or you may realize, ah, okay, this is how I start to change this pattern. So when you recognize these behaviors that are not serving current needs or the goals you want to accomplish, once you find those things out, once you discover those things, you realize those are the blocks from helping you move forward or from allowing you to move forward. Those are the things that are holding you back in old patterns and behaviors. You become conscious of them, and that allows you to take the specific actions to counter these automatic behaviors. Lasting change doesn't happen overnight, right? We may want this. We may want to improve our behaviors and and how we think, but it takes time to learn new things, to learn and practice new habits and create new routines. Discovering the triggers that engender or make these blocking behaviors happen and, and then coming up with ways to interrupt these old patterns will lead to the positive transformation that you're seeking so that you can live outside of that box and improve the quality of your life. Now, if this is something you'd like to explore more, if you want to go deeper and learn how to to ADD to assess, dream, and live your life by design, then let's explore the possibility of how coaching can add to the quality, the productivity, and the well-being of your life. You can head over to my website at darrensteel.com slash coaching and book a discovery call with me. It's no obligation. It's just a chance for us to connect and find out perhaps what's the biggest block, what's the number one thing that you're struggling with, and whether we can dive into that and help you come up with some solutions to make some progress during that session. Thank you for listening and live out and live proud.